But you know, during the two years that it took me to slowly regain the use of my hands as they became less sensitive, as I, as I was able to dress myself again and, and, and feed myself and, and drive a car again, fly an airplane again. At age 23, W. Mitchell's in a horrific motorcycle accident. 65% of his body is severely burned. He survives, but a few years later, he's paralyzed when his plane crashes. Yet Mitchell... I started to focus on how powerful I was, how innovative I was. I started to focus on the gift that lives inside. My life changed. You're listening to the iHeartRadio Canada Talk Network, and this is Life Matters with Tony Chapman, presented by RBC. When an Olympic athlete breaks the world record, well, we know it's an accomplishment unlike no other. Same holds true for anything where there's metrics, where you can compare apples to apples. But how do you measure an intangibles, a feeling, a belief? It becomes much harder to hold the highest in the highest regards. And it's so easy for words like conviction and courage and fortitude and resilience to pour out of our mouths. But in doing so, they become easily diluted. Well, today I wish there was new words to describe my guest. A gold medal, a world record for courage, and the power to choose and act. And when you hear this story, please know that it's not from the imagination of a fiction writer or exaggerated in any way to suspend belief. It's true, it's authentic. And my guest is living proof that within all of us lies a special treasure, the treasure to choose and to choose to act. Life Matters is also available as a podcast. Download and listen to the latest episode. Find it using your iHeartRadio Canada app. My guest today goes by the name Mitchell. I first met Mitchell 30 years ago when I hired him as a guest speaker at an event I was producing. And he was hard to look at. His face was disfigured. His fingers were stumps as a result of a horrific motorcycle accident where he became a human bonfire. And he's now in a wheelchair as a result of a plane crash. But his message that day was so simple, yet so powerful. It's not what happens to you, it's what you do about it. Mitchell, welcome to Life Matters. Tony, it's always great to be with you and it's been too long and I'm glad to be part of Life Matters today. Mitchell, you've been introduced on stage by President Clinton, Anthony Robbins. You're a successful entrepreneur, a mayor, you're in the Hall of Fame for speaking. You've done more than most. You've had to overcome two horrific setbacks. Before we get into those, take us back to the days before your first accident. Well, I've been a lucky guy in tons of ways. And you haven't recognized one of my highest accomplishments, and I'm a little disappointed, Tony. I'm also an honorary newfie. Junk the screech, and I've taken the oath in uh, Newfoundland. I've had a a wonderful life, and I've had some tough bounces and come down with some amazing lessons from some of of those bounces. Mitchell, you were born William John Schiff III, but you changed your name to W. Mitchell in honor of your stepfather. What's the story behind that? When I was about five, my parents divorced. My father, Bill Schiff, and my mother, Ethel, Cracker split up, and my mother remarried and married a man named Luke Mitchell. Now, my father was a wonderful man. I loved him, and he lived a long time. He lived to be 97 years old and uh, was a great dad. My stepfather 
was also just this supreme character. He had ridden in the cavalry in the First World War. He had been a fox hunter. He had been a he was a gentleman in every every respect. And uh, when Luke Mitchell died, I decided I wanted to be called Mitchell, just Mitchell, not W, not Bill, not anything else. So I actually took that name, got a job on the radio in Honolulu. I was a disc jockey on KGU, the Voice of the Pacific, and uh, and loved that job. And and it meant so much to me to think of my stepfather. But my friends call me Mitchell today, and it means a lot to me. You're honorably discharged from the U.S. Marines, based in Hawaii. What took you to San Francisco? Well, I had a couple of stops along the way. I got out of the Marines. I stayed in Hawaii. And then when it was time to get discharged, I loved Hawaii so much, I stayed there. I was there about five years, working on the radio, being a bartender, doing some other things, and then moved back to the Philadelphia area from which I came and moved to San Francisco. I left my heart in San Francisco. What a beautiful city. I would say uh, Vancouver and San Francisco are the two most beautiful cities in North America. That's my feeling about it. And got a job driving the San Francisco cable cars. The cable car, the little old-fashioned trolley car, pulled by a cable that runs along under the ground. The people know about a rope tow, a ski rope tow. It sort of propelled the same way. And in 1971, your life turned upside down, didn't it? Driving my brand new motorcycle, brand new motorcycle. First stopping across the San Francisco uh, Bay Bridge to fly an airplane for the first time in my life by myself, solo. And any, any of your listeners right now can, if they start to think about it a little bit, remember their first solo. There's so many things we can't do. There's so many things that are too hard. There's so many things that someday I'll, maybe I'll do that. I wish I could do that. Wouldn't it be nice if I could do that? And, and I had one of those fantasies about being a pilot. Only I turned my fantasy into a reality when I got my student pilot's license and it was able to fly the plane one day, no one else in it. People remember when they drove a car for the first time. If you're a kid, you remember the first time you rode a bike by yourself. And in those moments, you become the captain of your destiny. In those moments, you become the master of your fate. However, sometimes we forget. Sometimes we don't think about it. Sometimes we say, oh, that's too hard. Or, oh, only special people could do that. Only, And you are that special person. You are that person, the same person that drove the car when it seemed impossible, that rode the bike when it seemed impossible, that said, I'm going to do this when it seemed impossible. And if you could be the master of your fate that day, you can choose to do it again. Hi, it's Tony Chapman. You're listening to Life Matters. Text me at any time at 71010 and I'll get back to you. Or send Mitchell a message. And coming up next, Mitchell's coming back from his first solo flight. He's riding his brand new motorcycle. And his life changes in an instant as he gets sideswiped by a laundry truck. And his gas tank explodes. The gas cap popped open and out poured two and a half gallons of gasoline all over me. And the heat of the engine ignited it. Wow. 
I had been a, a Marine, you know, I had been a, a cable car gripman. Good looking, I imagine. Got ready, got up from the chair, started to walk to the door. I wanted to go out and take one of my walks, but when I got to the front door, I realized no one was there to open it for me. I couldn't stand to touch it. I couldn't touch anything. And then I started to panic. And then I started to cry. I can remember lying down on the floor in front of that doorway. Tears streaming out of my eyes. The most useless, worthless, dejected person on earth. Why had those doctors and nurses, why had that whole team worked so hard to save me? Was this, was this some kind of a cruel joke? Life Matters with Tony Chapman will return in a moment on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the 42nd President of the United States, William Jefferson Clinton. And I saw another friend of mine back here who did not speak to you today, but often speaks at these power within events. His name is W. Mitchell, and he, we've been friends for 25 years. And we were talking when I said, how do you deal with this, all this? And he said, well, you know, before I was injured, there were 10,000 things I could do with my life. But when I really thought about it, it only took away about a thousand of those things. So I have a choice. I can spend the rest of my life feeling sorry for myself because of the thousand things that are gone, or I can spend the rest of my life feeling good about the 9,000 things that are still out there that I can do. You're listening to Life Matters with Tony Chapman, presented by RBC on the iHeartRadio Canada Talk Network. Hi, if you're just joining me, then I encourage you to stay with me. I'm chatting to Mitchell, the most courageous human I've ever met. Life was perfect. Honorable discharge from the U.S. Marines, his first solo flight as a pilot, brand new motorcycle, a great job. And then in a moment, it all goes up into flames, literally. And so driving my motorcycle to my job on the cable cars at an intersection in San Francisco, a truck ran a stop sign, smashed into the bike. The bike went down. The gas cap popped open and out poured two and a half gallons of gasoline all over me and the heat of the engine ignited it. Wow. And literally I became a human bonfire, unable to do anything, unable physically to do. I don't even remember the experience. I just remember people telling me about it. Mitchell, someone saved your life that day. And it wasn't the paramedics that arrived in the scene. You're here today because of a car salesman who had the courage to act. And the moment in which you choose to act, life can change. In the moment you choose not to wait for someone else to come along and help you do it. Now, sometimes we need somebody to help us do it. And I understand that. But this car salesman working in a dealership on the corner that day grabbed a fire extinguisher from a wall and rushed out into the street, did not wait for permission. And because of that person taking responsibility for that moment, I was still alive when the paramedics arrived. And in this moment right now, there's a whole world full of people being told, oh, you can't do that, and you can't go here, and that's too hard, and that's not good for you. Now, does that mean you shouldn't wear a mask? Of course you should. You should protect other people around you and yourself. But the reality that the power that resides inside each and every one of us and the power of that one man and the power of those paramedics and the power of the people in the emergency room and the power of those nurses and doctors are the reason we're having this visit today. 
65% of your body's badly burned. When did you know how bad things were? Well, it's, it's inconceivable when you look at these objects that are attached to your arms and you're lying in this hospital bed and you know you've had some surgery that day and yet it doesn't mean anything. The, the hands feel fine, feel normal. And I remember the doctors finally unwrapping them. And, and later I was told that my nurses by then were just yelling at the doctors, that they had to talk to me, that they had to tell me what they had done in that surgery that day. And as they started to unwrap my hands with all of this dressings, all of this gauze, all of this hospital stuff around them, and finally I said to myself, there's got to be a hand in there somewhere because you just aren't stopping. Finally, of course, I saw what was left of what had been two hands capable of driving a cable car, hands capable of flying an airplane, capable of driving a motorcycle, and realized that my fingers were gone, that I had at the best a stump of one of them and none of them in other places. And you asked the nurses a question that day that raised a few eyebrows and maybe even a smile. I said to one of my nurses, would you ask somebody to bring in my flying lessons? because I'm going to fly an airplane again. And they looked at me and humored me. But when you think about, are you the only one in the world who's ever flown an airplane that maybe it had an accident or lost a finger? And in your book, you said that's when your mantra came to you. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it. Life happens. Oh, so it's also easy, Mitchell. You make it sound simple. This is no, no problem at all. I've lost all my money. I've lost my home. I've lost my relationship. I've lost my... Uh, loved one. No, I didn't say easy. Nobody hears me say easy. Easy doesn't do it. But I've watched a man run across a country. No, I didn't say run to the grocery store. I didn't say ran down to catch a bus. I'm talking about a man named Fox. A country to show us what we can do. And if he can run across a country, Maybe that thing that I'm complaining is too hard or not capable or too strange. or Maybe it isn't as tough as you think it could be. Four months later, you get out of hospital, but you're far from healed. The new skin in your hands is so sensitive that even fresh air hurts. Leaving the hospital and going home was a strange but not terrible experience. I had a new family. I had my girlfriend and her mother invited us to come and live at her house, the mother's house. Between her and her daughter, they took care of me, they looked after me. Now, I was like a new baby. I was this 27-year-old ex-Marine, ex-cable car gripman, tough, capable, strong, reliant. And now in those same clothes of that 120, 75-pound man was a man weighing 125 pounds, a sketch of his former self. But I could walk, I could get around, and every day someone would take me to the front door, let me out, and with my Great Dane, I would walk. And walking a block was a big job initially, and then walking five blocks was a big job initially, and then walking a mile was a big job You spent a lot of time looking at shoes. Why? Because if people looked at me, I taught myself to look away. I didn't want to answer the questions 
they were asking with their eyes. What kind of questions did they ask with their eyes? What happened to you? What, how did you become this way? What, what happened to your face? What happened to your hands? What did you do? Where have you been? All the common questions that somebody wants to know. How did you wind up this way in your life? So Mitchell, you're physically, you're a shell of who you used to be, 175 pounds to 125 pounds. The proud Marine now walking with his eyes facing down. How did you find the strength to keep going? Well, I, I had learned a lot of things in that hospital experience that there were a lot of strengths still in me. I don't think I was filled with fear or depression or doubt. I remember one day standing outside a bank and I always had my hands crossed in front of me. If your audience members stick your hands straight out, the skin was still so sensitive. That's the way my hands were. So I would hold my hands out in front of me, crossed at the wrists. And a gentleman came towards me. He was just walking up the street. And he stopped and he looked at me for a while. And then he reached in his pocket and he pulled out some coins. And he dropped some of the coins in my hand. Now, this was incredibly uncomfortable for me. But I looked at him and I said, gracias. And he smiled and he walked away. And as soon as he was out of earshot, I dropped the coins on the ground. Did everyone pity you? One day, coming out of my house, walking down the street, a guy was coming towards me. And when you and I first met Tony in Toronto a long time ago, you reminded me of him a little bit. He was better looking than you, but <laughs> you, you, as you got close to me, I looked up just for a second. And before I could look away, you smiled at me. You didn't offer me a wallet. You didn't get offer me your passcode to your ATM account. You didn't invite me home for dinner. You simply smiled at me. You said hello with your smile. You said, oh, hi. I'm another human being, too. You're like me. I'm like you. Wow. It seems okay. That's all of those messages I was reading in that simple smile, a smile that all of us have available to all of us, capable of dispensing sometimes the most wonderful, important message. Coming up next, Mitchell chooses purpose over pity. He starts a business, gets his pilot's license, and then tragedy strikes again. A plane accident puts him in a wheelchair for life. It's Tony Chapman. You're listening to Life Matters. Text me at 71010 and feel free to send Mitchell a message. Life Matters with Tony Chapman will return in a moment on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Hi, it's Tony Chapman and a big thank you to RBC for sponsoring Life Matters. Speaking of matters, I have a question for you. You check in on your family, the status of your health or car. When was the last time you did a check-in with your finances? Well, RBC Check-In is a virtual experience with no obligation. I got answers to all of my money questions, big and small, and I now have a plan for my future. Book a check-in at rbc.com slash check-in. Life Matters with Tony Chapman continues on the iHeartRadio Canada Talk Network, presented by RBC. My guest today goes by the name Mitchell. I first met Mitchell 30 years ago when I hired him as a guest speaker at an event I was producing. And he was hard to look at. His face was disfigured. His fingers were stumps as a result of horrific motorcycle accident. 
where he became a human bonfire. The message that day was so simple, yet so powerful. It's not what happens to you, it's what you do about it. So Mitchell, you leave San Francisco, you move to Colorado and start a business. What did you do? A little town called Crested Butte, Colorado. And I was driving back east. This was back in the 70s when we had an incredible energy crisis in North America. People weren't just concerned about how much gasoline or fuel oil to heat their homes would cost. They were worried about whether they could get it at all. And so uh, people were looking for alternative energy, ways to heat their homes and have fuel for transportation. I was in business in Crested Butte, and we, we were driving down the freeway from Colorado to the East Coast. And he told me about his brother-in-law who had this idea about building wood stoves. And for me, that seemed like a really dumb idea. I could not understand why anybody would, you don't need a wood stove with the Sears sells wood stoves. The Bay Company sells wood stoves. Everybody, you don't need another one. But he then told me about this idea of doing something completely different, completely efficient and, and, and cost-saving. And- Mitchell, sorry to interrupt, but did you ever see the irony in you getting involved in a business that involves wood-burning stoves? One of the great messages was step back. <laughs> Don't get too close. <laughs> so how did the company do? The, the company grew in the first few years to $65 million in sales. You had another turn of events that many wouldn't recover from, either physically or mentally. I had used some of the money I got from the government, from the U.S. government, and I used some of that money to not only get my private pilot's license, I had to pay for that myself, but then to get my commercial pilot's license and my instrument rating and my twin engine rating and even my commercial sailplane rating so I could fly like Jonathan Livingston Seagull, I guess. I, it was a beautiful way to fly. Got all that, and we used some of the insurance money I received from a settlement with the laundry truck company and the motorcycle company. Bought a magnificent single engine, one of the biggest, most powerful single engine planes that you could buy. Was gaining a lot of experience as a pilot. I became, I think, a good pilot. And again, you could put six people in this airplane, so that was Big for a small plane. And then tragedy strikes again. One morning I had planned to go to San Francisco. And so I contacted uh, some folks in town and said, anybody needs a ride to San Francisco, help me pay for the gas and come along. And we went down to the airport. It was one of these crisp, clear, beautiful Canadian Rocky mornings where you could see forever and, and feel the 14 degrees Fahrenheit temperatures. But when you took off, something wasn't right. Something was terribly wrong. The plane was flying the way it should, and ahead of me were rocks and rough terrain. But below me, Tony, below me, there was still some runway, still a chance to put it back on the ground. Had to make an instantaneous decision. Not a decision in which you get to spend too much time thinking. But again, I was a good pilot, and I pulled the power. The plane stalled. Now, for your listeners who are not pilots, stalling doesn't mean that the engine stops running. Literally, stalling means that the wings stop flying and the plane fell like a rock, smashing back into the run. All I could think about was fire. All I could think about was an explosion. The tanks were completely full of aviation fuel. I yelled at the passengers, get out, force the doors open, get out now. 
And one of them was able to wedge a door open and they crawled away and they ran away. And now I started to climb out of the plane. I had to hurry. There was not too much time to think about this thing. And I started to lift myself, but my, my feet must have been stuck under the rudder pedals. I had to lift harder. I had to get out of the plane now. And then I started to feel the pain in my back. And then I started to sense the numbness in my legs. And then I realized I couldn't move my legs. I sat there for what felt like a lifetime. In fact, it was about four and a half minutes before the volunteers of the Gunnison County ambulance crew arrived. And with all the skill and caring, removed me from the aircraft, put me on a flight for life plane to Denver where they performed an operation. The next morning, the doctors came in my room to tell me that I was paralyzed, that most likely I would never walk again, that most likely I was going to use a wheelchair from now on to get around. Well, that's not fair. That, that's not fair. Why did that happen to me? I hadn't hurt anybody. I hadn't done anything wrong. I was trying to save four other people's lives. Why me? I can't begin to imagine what you must have felt. But in your book, you talk about a young girl who called you in the hospital and gave you some of your own medicine. She was a high school student in Crested Butte. She said, Mitchell, people that have come to see you tell me you're putting on a brave face, but you're not doing so well. Mitchell, do you remember about a year ago I was having some real difficulties in school? And you told me something one afternoon that I'll never forget. You told me that it's not what happens to you. Life happens. And then you get to choose. It's what you do with what life gives you. Do you still believe that, Mitchell? Well, Mitchell, that is your medicine. Was it hard to swallow? I like giving advice. I do not like getting advice back. Thank you very much. So what happens next? And the next morning, when the orderlies came in my room to lift me out of my bed and put me in this new wheelchair, I hated it. In an interview I listened to, you describe your wheelchair as a prison. I had been confined to, for life to this prison for this awkward, uncomfortable, challenging, limiting device. And I didn't even have a choice. Once again, you credit a therapist for helping you with your mental state. Beverly was my physical therapist. I'm quite sure, I'm convinced, in fact, that Beverly had once been a Marine Corps drill instructor. I'm sure. <laughs> Every morning she had a clipboard with a list of 10 impossible things. And every day at the end of the day, there were 10 less impossible things in my world. Does that mean it was a party every day? Does that mean we had champagne every day? No, no. Life has bumps. Life has detours. Life has challenges. Somebody once said the truly most successful person is the one who can enjoy the scenery on a detour. Now, we're going to get detours, and some of which we're not going to like, and some of which we wish we hadn't taken them, and almost all of which have a lesson to be learned in them or a gift in them. Coming up next, Mitchell reflects on his life, his accomplishments, all really based on one word choice, 
And his belief is what we focus on, we get back. And what we concentrate on, we become. And I let myself out of that prison. And I discovered one more limitation in my life that was only going to last as long as I let it. More with Mitchell when Life Matters returns. You're listening to the iHeartRadio Canada Talk Network. We'll be right back with more Life Matters with Tony Chapman. Life Matters with Tony Chapman continues on the iHeartRadio Canada Talk Network. Hi, it's Tony Chapman. You're listening to Life Matters. Text me at any time at 71010. Send a message to Mitchell. Just tuning in, 23-year-old, horrific motorcycle accident, comes a human bonfire, recovers. A few years later, flying a plane, crashes, comes a paraplegic. And instead of pity, Mitchell chooses purpose and pursuit. Mitchell, you've done more with your life than most. You truly live to the title of your book and your mantra. It's not what happens to you, it's what you do about it. You're the World Hall of Fame as a speaker and for good reason. Time and time again, you receive standing ovations until the audience's hands bleed. And more often than not, your message comes down to one word, choice. Can you explain? A while back, President Clinton was speaking. He was retired from office. He wasn't the president anymore. But he, but he shows up at the convention center, coming in through the back, of course. He came in, saw me. We'd known each other for a long time. We were having this great visit. And he looked at the group of people for a minute or two and and said, first time I ever heard Mitchell speak, he said something I think about every week. Before I was paralyzed, there were 10,000 things there I could 10, do. There were 10,000 things I could do with my life. And this injury was pretty tough, but when I really thought about it, it only took away about 1,000 of those things. So I have a choice. I can spend the rest of my life feeling sorry for myself because of the 1,000 things that are gone, or I can spend the rest of my life feeling good about the 9,000 things that are still out there that I can do. I choose the 9,000. That's all of our choice. And I think about that every week. I got him to record that for me. It was wonderful. And I use it as an introduction sometimes. Are you always positive? And do I think that way every second? Am I always this, oh, life's good, everything's fine, I never had a problem, da, da, da. No, life's life. Life has bumps. Life has all kinds of stuff. But overwhelmingly, life has opportunities and gifts. And I've spoken for groups, again, probably 30, 40 countries, and spoke, been in every province in Canada and one of the territories. Mitchell, you volunteer a lot of your time to mentor kids, and some who aren't on the right path in life. You often open your talk about seeds in an apple, that you can count the seeds in an apple, but you never know how many apples will come from a seed until it's planted. Where do you find all your lessons in life? All these lessons have been given to me. You're not hearing anything that Mitchell created. Oh, how did you ever think of that? Well, mostly I thought about it because some kid in uh, Manitoba talked to me in a classroom one day, told me a little story about themselves, their first solo perhaps, their loved one who they lost or had an issue with. And your famous quote, it's not what happens to you, it's what you do about it? You're welcome to use it, but you really need to get permission from Aristotle first. So listen generously and learn from all around you. The lessons are out there. Life is out there. And it is 
merely that you are going to be the first person ever to persevere, ever to conquer, ever to learn a lesson that no one else has ever learned. It's, it's pretty hard for me to imagine. And COVID? There have been viruses before, okay? There have been viruses. Is it fun? Is it just easy? Is it just this wonderful gift we've been given? No. And for some people, it's been a lot tougher than it has been for me. But life is life. And you have powers that are unreal, not ever used before. Mitchell, I have one more question. It's based on something you said 30 years ago that even today I believe in. You said, what we focus on, we get back. And what we concentrate on, we become. Do you truly believe that with everything that's happened to you? Yes, and I think virtually all the rest of us. This thing of when I'm harsh with myself, as I could be this week at some moment, when I'm highly critical, when I'm questioning whether I'm doing most of what I could do, that's a great moment to say, okay, if you could be anywhere you want to be, where would you like to be? And then what are you willing to do to get there? And most of it is not that hard, is not that impossible. And maybe it would help to have somebody help you get there, which means calling an old friend like Tony Chapman did the other day, said, Mitchell, we haven't talked in a while. I think the accents that you had in your life, you had for a reason. That reason was to put a dent in people's hearts. Not a dent that hurts, but a dent that just fills us with purpose and passion to pursue. It's an honor, sir. And I, next time I'm in Newfoundland, I'm gonna be looking for you. And maybe we'll share a lobster together. Stay safe, my friend. Joining me on Life Matters is Amy Deacon. She's a clinical social worker and an entrepreneur. She owns a business called the Toronto Wellness Council. I first heard about Amy when she was making some real positive, sorry, I first heard about Amy and the work she was doing with RBC. So I invited her on the show because she has a lot to say about how we can cope with today's uncertainties. Amy, welcome to Life Matters. Tony, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. You talk a lot about the difference between pain and purpose. Can you explain? I fundamentally believe that one of the very, very few choices that we have in life is our mindset and our perspective and how we show up for our lives, not only in the good, but particularly during the rough seasons. And essentially, Tony, I think that we have two options. We either allow our pain to define us or we make purpose out of that pain. We create our own narrative whereby we go through the pain and in going through it, on the other end, we wind up a more full, a more whole, a more informed human being. It must be easier said than done though. 100%. I can't tell you how many really cute quotes and memes we'll see posted on social media about, you know, practice self-care, go for a massage, get your nails done, grab a beer with the boys, all of which is not really possible right now. But that's not the type of self-care that we're talking about. That's not how we make purpose out of pain. It requires asserting ourselves. It requires crystal clear communication. The quintessential things that we always hear about, meditation, exercise, 
intention setting, gratitude journaling. So how would I start if I'm feeling insecure and uncertain, if COVID's hit me like a sledgehammer or I'm worried about the next bill coming in? Can you give me some practical steps so at least I'm starting to put the right foot forward, turning my pain into purpose? Carve out what's wrong. Is it the finances? Is it the bills? Is it business? Is it our marriage? Is it that our kid is depressed and has been gaming for a week? Like, what's the issue? Two, get support. Whether it's your partner, whether it's your mother, your brother, your sister, your friends, but people that can help brainstorm ideas and solutions to whether it is those financial difficulties, whether it is the troubles in our marriage, whether it is strategies to support our son. And then three, those little practices of making sure you're sleeping, making sure your body is moving, making sure you're taking time to check in with yourself, taking inventory of what is the emotion that I'm carrying with me today. I actually think that it can be incredibly beneficial when we need to pivot and figure out what to do. Amy, how can people read more about what you're doing in the work? I mean, how do we find out about Amy Deacon? Uh, so you can find me at torontowellnesscounseling.com. I have an Instagram where my channel is Toronto underscore wellness and I have meditations. I have talks. I'm pretty bold and upfront as we are in this conversation. So that's how they can be in touch with me. Fantastic advice from Amy Deacon. I can understand why you come so highly recommended with such high regard. Thanks for joining me in Life Matters. Thank you so much, Tony. Take good care. It was so wonderful to reconnect with Mitchell. It's been 20 years, but in 20 seconds, we were friends again. And Mitchell, thank you for these three gifts. It's not what happens to you, it's what you do about it. And what you focus on in life is what you get back. And what we concentrate on is who we become. In doing so, I think Mitchell's telling us that our destiny is a matter of choice, not chance. It's Tony Chapman. Follow me at chatterthatmatters.ca and let's chat soon. Life Matters with Tony Chapman has been a presentation of RBC. You can also hear a brand new episode every Friday across your iHeartRadio Canada talk network.